Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth episode of the Big Footy Podcast. I am, as always, the Wookiee. With me are my usual compatriots in ODM. Hello, hello. And Messenger. Good evening, one and all. And joining us for the first time is Jamie Johnston. How are you? Good to be here. And he's here to talk all things North Melbourne with us this evening, amongst other things. Guys... We're going to get straight into it, as always. What were your highlights from the weekend? Uh, we'll start with Adrian and work our way around. Uh, yeah, well, well, just before we start, mate, I'm, I'm fairly exhausted today, so I'm not responsible for anything I might say. Um, <laughs> I really appreciated uh, the Western Bulldogs uh, coming out and having a win on the weekend after being uh, in, in a bit of a... In a bit of a bind and uh, under media scrutiny during the week, and we had the had the uh, Bulldogs mods on here last week, um, and um, they responded magnificently. Um, aside from that, I had one more. There was uh, a massive choke on Sunday. Massive choke. I'm sure everybody knows about this one. No, do tell Buddy, Fra- Buddy Franklin uh, <laughs> fell fell one short. Of his highest ever clang account in a match, um, he was he was he was he was on the pace at half time, and he started playing well after that. And he's uh, he only finished with nine clangers, his best being ten, uh, which was in two thousand and eight. So maybe there's an omen there for uh, for mess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can only agree. It was yeah yeah it it was that. It was like somebody showed him an unsigned contract at halftime and took a zero off it. <laughs> so what was your highlight, Messenger? Well, it wasn't Buddy Franklin. But, um, <laughs> Sam Grimley was uh, was drafted. He was the Hawthorne's first pick in the 2009 draft, pick 39. He was a, a basketball uh, development type player. And uh, this uh, 12 months ago, he was languishing in Box Hill seconds. But uh, he made his debut on Sunday and uh, joined the first kick, first goal club in under a minute, in the first minute of the game. So uh, I think he's about 226 or 227th player to do it. But uh, we've been waiting a long time to see him uh, make his debut, and it was well worth it. And, okay, what about you, Jamie? You've got a highlight from the weekend? Oh, well, it'd have to be Eddie Maguire's brave and principled stand against racism on Saturday when he uh, immediately... <laughs> Immediately went down to the rooms to uh, thank uh, King um, Adam Goods for his magnificent promotional work he'd done for the league over the journey. But um, in all seriousness, uh, it, it is the reaction, I suppose, to what was a pretty nasty event on Saturday. No one, to use the cliche, wants to see a little girl doing that kind of stuff that I'm sure she didn't really even understand what she was saying. But the reaction from the wider AFL community to say, look, this stuff's not on, not at any level. It shows us that we really have moved on a really, really long way. So it was an ugly event. Barton, Eddie didn't cover himself in glory today either. But um, I think it was good the way people just said, look, racism is no longer on, no matter who says it, where it is, what the circumstances. I, I, w- I would agree with you if I hadn't had to moderate uh, a rather large thread on Saturday night about it where... In the process of uh, saying, look, racism isn't on, they then proceeded to go after the physical attributes of a 13-year-old girl in almost every other post. I, I don't mean... I'm going to break this to you gently, Wookie, but there's a thread on there with the word phrenology in it right now. 
and, and, I, and I looked at it and I left it alone. And I'll oh. go back and visit it later when I when yeah. I've settled down a bit. There, there, there are some threads. I know. At the weekend, I turned around and just said, "I'm leaving these for pants, Kyle." That's it. I'm out of here. Now, now, Jamie, I'm su- I'm surprised you didn't you didn't uh, enjoy Sam Kerry just tweeting this weekend. Well, actually, you're getting you're, you're stealing my thunder because we're up to my, oh, my highlights. Terrible. We're up to my highlights now. And I have two from the weekend. And the first one is Sam Kerridge. I, 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 he was a, just on fire on the weekend. And uh, six goals, unheard of before. I think he was fantastic. And just the look of utter despair on Brad Scott's face. I, I mean, what can you say? The thing you can say about Sam Kerridge is the only thing that can make it worse is the fact that I traded him out of my dream team the week before he kicked the six goals on us. So that was a nice bit of salt in the wound that little Sammy there delivered me. But, ah, uh, yeah, I mean, standing there watching it, it was just like, not again, and it has to be Sam yeah. Kerridge. You know? anyway. I, I, think, I, I think we are pretty close to the... Uh, the five-minute video montage of Brad Scott exasperation <laughs> in the coach's box. I, I think that's been overdone <laughs> since, what, Sunday? Oh, I, I, we're, we're just about feature length now, aren't we? <laughs> my second highlight of the week, uh, well, it would have been my second Well, it was my second highlight of the week, was picturing the look on Messenger's face up until <laughs> about halfway through the third quarter of the game against Gold Coast on the weekend. And just thinking, I remember him saying that if they lost, he was going to check himself into an asylum. <laughs> now, it was looking like a pretty good bet up until halfway through the third quarter. And I think the Gold Coast applied themselves pretty well. And if it wasn't for freaking Bruddy Franklin, <laughs> then we might have all got to see that dream realised. I, I spent half time organising a referral to a very <laughs> high class facility. I had it already. But let me look at it. All it took was 15 minutes of decent football from Hawthorne, and we put it to bed. But are we talking about the Gold Coast tonight, or are we, we giving that away? We're going to talk about them a little bit later on. Well, but, one thing. Oh, okay, we will. Sorry. Yeah, Please, no, we will talk on. about them a little bit later on. But I think you've hit on something there. That that whole 15 minutes that you guys turned around, uh, Brisbane did it to us on Saturday. Um, they they nearly turned the whole game around in 15 minutes of the second quarter. Uh, I watched that. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, and you know, it, all all it seems to take these days is just 15 good minutes. The Crows had 15 good minutes in, in, in the last quarter, and they, they they won there. I mean, just 15 good minutes of football will win you a game these days. It will. But um, yeah, we digress. Moving on, guys, and and the reason that we have uh, Jamie on tonight. Uh, we're going to talk North Melbourne and just... That would be North with a T-H at the end. You pronounced it correctly. I admire that. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, one, I'm, North. One, I'm one of those people that don't believe in Bay pronunciations. <laughs> but uh, just um, a few a few facts here. It's the first time since 1926 that a team has lost four of their first nine games by less than a goal. Um, and in the 13 games that they've had decided by less than a kick in the last two and a half years, North Melbourne have only managed to win two of them. So... On that backdrop, how are you seeing North Melbourne, Jamie? Um, I would say this, but I think we're actually in a really good spot. Uh, we're, we're rebuilding. Obviously, to lose all of them is just heartbreaking. It was gutting on Sunday. I was there with my mates, and we looked at each other with six, seven minutes to go, and we knew. We knew we were going to lose it. And it was just shocking and awful to see it uh, just, just happen in slow motion like the proverbial car crash. But... 
what we say to ourselves to uh, try and avoid jumping in the bar with the two-bar radiator when you get home is that, <laughs> well, we stick with really good teams till the end now. Yeah. You look at the the Bulldogs are rebuilding and they can stick with a team for a quarter. I mean, Melbourne can't stick with them out of the race and they're a basket case. Footscray <laughs> can stick with them for a quarter, maybe a half. Last year, we'd stick with teams for a half, three quarters. Now we're doing it up until the last three or four minutes. And obviously, Brad Scott's got a lot to do. Um, the defensive structures, you look at some of the stuff Petrie was doing, just bombing down the line and you think, do you not drill this? Do you not? Have you not practiced this final scenario? You know, and they must have, and they have, but it's just not working. But in the greater scheme of things, we're playing better footy this year than we did last year, for example. You look at what Hawthorne did to us last year. It was sort of a ritual slaughter down in Tasmania to appease the forest gods or something. And um, Drank the blood. <laughs> oh, it was awful. Um, but we are a better side this year. We are a better side this year, and the results aren't going our way, but the the improvement is there, and the talent's certainly there. And I think anyone who really appreciates footy would have looked at some of those games, certainly the Geelong game, the West Coast game, the Hawthorne game, and said, yeah, these blokes have got it. They've just got a bit, away, a bit of a way to go yet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, we at Carlton, ODN will be familiar with this, but we were, we were in a similar position, and our, our four losses this year have been pretty short. As well, like we've we've had a lot of close games, and it's it's very frustrating. But uh, and especially the first three rounds, where I think North Melbourne and Carlton were almost identical teams. They were being compared a lot. If you if you ever watched mm-hmm. AFL 360 back then, like Carlton and North Melbourne, it was always let's talk Carlton and North Melbourne. You know, they lost by three or four points each on the weekend against you know good, and, and, and it was against good teams. Like it wasn't. I mean, other than St Kilda, the St Kilda loss uh, that Carlton had, all your losses. And all of Carlton's losses have been against, like, the upper echelon of teams. So I would suggest that North Melbourne and Carlton are probably exactly where they should be at the moment in terms of their development, in terms of where they could reasonably be expected to be. They're not going to... Uh, they're not expected to be better than Hawthorne. They're not expected to be better than uh, Geelong. Uh-huh. And I mean, I think I think one thing that really cost us was Boomer Harvey miss, missing the first six rounds. Um, just oh, having absolutely. that lack of experience. There, there was a moment in the Geelong game where we had, you know, we had them on the ropes in, uh, I think it was the start of the third quarter, and um, Jack Zebel, may he rest in peace for the next three yeah, weeks, yeah. Ha- had a kick where he was just outside 50 metres, and he should have just bombed it. He probably could have kicked the goal. And he went for a dinky little pass inside 50 to Bastanak, who actually marked it, and he tried a dinky pass. And I just, I just know from having stood in the same spot that Eddie had and watched enough games that... Boomer Harvey would have run over and said, Jack, just go back and slot it, or at least put it into the goal square. And I think we we really, really missed Boomer's experience in some of those early games. And and since we've come back, he's um he's looked we've looked a lot better. Uh, we look a lot better for having his experience. Uh, Jamie, is there um, a question on toughness? Um, and I refer specifically to a thread on the North board started by Gasometer. Mm-hmm. about the dis- the destruction of the shin bone of spirit. Um, and there seems to be a fair few supporters in there that uh, are kind of kind of agreeing with that in that you, know, you guys lack the toughness to finish off and you know and to hold your ground. Oh, well, I mean, I think that the results prove that something is lacking to ice games. You know, you don't lose four, five, you know, quick ones. And the stat you quoted before, um, Wookie, about, what, 13 of the last 15 we haven't won, something like that. Yeah, obviously, we can't. With the shin bone of spirit, that was invented by Dennis Pagan in the mid-1990s. You know, it's not some mystical aura that you get a little vial of when you get your membership or they draft you or whatever. It, it was a media creation by Dennis Pagan. 
And Brad Scott, when he came in, said, look, what I'm sick and tired of is North being considered this, you know, unfashionable team of plotters that grinds out wins because of the shin bonus spirit. I want to change that. I want to be a team that plays good, hard, attacking, high-scoring footy, and they win under their own right, not under the, the aegis of some, you know, woo, shin bonus spirit thing. So I think the shin bonus spirit thing is overplayed. It never really existed. So, that you know, that's one thing. But at the end of the day... We've got to win these games, you know. When we were a good side in the 1990s, we won those games that we probably shouldn't have. And Geelong shouldn't have beaten us, but they did because they were the better side when it counted. Hawthorne shouldn't have beat us, but they did because they were the better side when it counted. And, and that's what we've got to learn to do. And I think the only way you get that is by getting games into the young blokes. Um, it's just the way the footy is now. Brendan McCartney said the other week that... Um, you, you need seven years in the system before you can consider yourself an AFL player. Uh, I think that's right. You've got to be 24, 25 before the, you know, you're, you're physically mature enough, you've got the experience to really grind out those wins. Jamie, we're, despite what could have been and what should have been, North Melbourne find themselves at three and six, and, and the draw, particularly late in the season, is not kind. And although you've probably got this, the easiest run in the next four or five weeks, You've got a very, very tough run home. At 3-6, you probably need nine of your last 13 to make the eight. What do you see your prospects as from here? Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that. But, you know, this time last year, we needed to win nine of our last 13 to make the finals. And I think we won 10 in a row. So the the draw's tough. Um, You look at, we've got Geelong again on a Friday night. We beat Geelong last year. We had it over Geelong at Etihad this year. You know, do do I see that as a, you know, put an X against it? No, of course not. You know, that's very winnable. The ones I'd be worried about, Gold Coast to Gold Coast, you know, that that's that's not an easy game anymore. You know, you can't just mark that as a win. The draw, mm. yeah, there's a long way to go. It, on paper, it's not great. Hawthorne, you'd probably wipe off. Frio, geez, if we win that one, we're doing well. But anything can happen. And as I said, we were at this point last year and we did it, so... I've got a lot of faith in them. I'm not saying we definitely will play finals, but to, to rule it out as many of the um, cackling vultures of big footy are doing now, uh, I think may come back and bite some of them on the bum. And just just for the listeners there, just a bit of context, the last five rounds for North Melbourne are Geelong, Adelaide at Amy Stadium, Essendon, Hawthorne and Collingwood. Oh, well, so, Essendon be getting a run, will they? Or should we just well, put that d- one in the wind hole? <laughs> well... I'm happy to address that subject at length as well, if anyone uh, cares. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I couldn't possibly think you'd have an opinion on that at all, Jamie. <laughs> but really, I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is that you'll need to have almost set yourself up by round 19 to, you know, because you won't have a lot of margin for error by that stage. I guess that. Uh, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But again, the same time last year, you know, we had about three or four must-win games against, you know, Collingwood. We had to win that. We won it comfortably. So I I don't think anyone's pretending that the the challenge is anything but very, 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 very difficult. But to to say it's impossible is just a bit stupid in the first half of the season still when we're only two games out of the eight. I think what will happen this year is you'll get a situation where you'll have probably five, maybe six teams that are just going to be finalists from about now. You could name the top six. It's just you shuffle around yeah. the order. And there'll be a lot of teams fighting for that those last two spots. And I see North very much being in that mix. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks very much, Jamie. Um, we're going to try a very new and very short segment 
uh, just now, which is uh, AFL News in 60 Seconds. Um, so just bear with me while we try this one out. The AFL has ruled that Eddie Maguire must undertake racial vilification education training after he suggested this morning that Adam Goods might want to help promote the King Kong musical. This is just days after Goods protested at being called an ape. Norse Jack Siebel has accepted a three-match penalty for a high bump on Adelaide's Jared Lyons, while Jonathan Brown was unsuccessful in his appeal against his suspension for striking Michael Jamison. He will miss the next two matches. Essendon's Joe Watson has signed a four-year deal at Essendon. Jared Ruffett has signed with the Hawks until 2016, and Trent Cochin has signed a two-year deal that will see him at the Tigers until 2015. The AFL has ruled out taking any role at Melbourne, saying it's a matter for the Melbourne board and not the AFL. Andrew Demetrio has acknowledged the debt and form issues, but says it's only temporary, and all clubs have down years. And this has been AFL News. We've got, we're joined with uh, by 76 wooden spooners from the Collingwood board uh, on Big Footy, and we're going to talk a little bit about Collingwood now, uh, with all the things that's been going on, and Collingwood perhaps not doing as well as we'd have expected, and the whole uh, and some issues that cropped up today. If you're unaware. Uh, on the weekend, Eddie Maguire apologised on behalf of his club for comments a supporter made at Adam Goods uh, regarding uh, him perhaps being likened uh, to to an ape, and Adam Goods taking some offence at that. Uh, Eddie Maguire apologised, and everyone apo- and then the girl apologised, and everyone thought it was all hunky dory from there. Unfortunately, this morning Eddie put his foot in it a little bit, and. Uh, may have insinuated that Adam Goods might want to take a look at uh, doing some promotional work for the King Kong musical. King Kong, if you're unaware, is a very large ape. And so uh, perhaps not the uh, not the best of things to do and set off something of a, uh, a fuss, as Chief would say. And uh, so here we are. So welcome aboard 76 Wooden Spooners. You're joining a very exclusive club. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Thanks. And uh, if I can just give you an update on, on that, um, a few things have, have happened since then. Um, so uh, Eddie's meeting with the board on Thursday and um, he's come out and said, look, he'll he'll happily stand down if uh, if the board asks him to. So um, I think that's that's probably the best thing that, that could have happened out of all of this. Um, uh, his, his performance at the press conference today um, I mean, look, he, Eddie did what Eddie did. He came out on the offensive uh, in the sense that he, he was um, contrite. Um, he he apologised. He was um, you know, obviously embarrassed and uncomfortable about, the, um, about what he'd done. Um, but, um, I mean, look, I, I think he, he did sort of try and offer some form of explanation as to um, why he said what he said. And... Um, I think he probably could have been a little bit more convincing than what he was. Um, no doubt he was surrounded by uh, a whole bunch of media foaming at the mouth, um, uh, wanting to uh, get in there for the kill. Uh, but I think, I think having him um, go up in front of the board, where you know there's level heads and they can ask straight questions and uh, try and get to the bottom of this, and um, either come out in full support of him and. Um, yeah, you know, and obviously Eddie has a lot of credits in the bank as as far as Indigenous issues go. Uh, even excluding, you know, well, we all know about what happened Friday night. But even prior to that, you know, he's been a um, flag bearer for um, uh, for the Indigenous cause, you know, through the Collingwood Football Club for for you know since he's been president. So 
Um, you know, we'll have a bit more clarity on the issue after Thursday. The board will come out, you know, either either in full support, which you know I expect they will, um, or you know um, the unlikely event that um, yeah he, he he may stand down. Uh, the other thing that's happened in the last uh, twenty minutes or so is uh, Eddie sent out a mail out to the members, and um, just you know perhaps more formally presenting the case that he presented to uh, the media in the press conference this afternoon and, uh, you know, apologising for um, for his behaviour and, you know, just reinforcing that um, that uh, he's embarrassed by it, um, putting full support behind Adam Goods and, I mean, certainly, you know, there's there's been no ill reflection on Adam Goods in, in this episode. And, um, yeah, so... Eddie's, Eddie's gone to the members and, uh, and apologised as well. 76, um, the, uh, watching AFL 360 tonight, I don't know if you, know if you caught it, but I'm not sure the media really know how to, how to handle Eddie on this one. I think, I, I think to some extent they're pulling their punches a little. Jared Waitley's probably the exception. He flat out asked him if he should resign as president and, and Eddie said he would take it to the board, but it said informally that members of the board had said to him that they would stick by him, which is consistent with what you're saying. But I, I think Robbo really felt like he just he couldn't step into him at all. And um, and I find uh, that the media trying to handle one of their own, and I, after all, Eddie is still one of their own, is, is going to be very, it's going to be fascinating to watch. In contrast, the interview with Richie Collis and John Longmire um, the Swans are not having any of this at all. They are they are absolutely livid about this. I don't think they're willing to accept an apology at all. Well, good certainly isn't. Um, well, Richard that... Collis was scathing. He was he was he was scathing. It didn't help Eddie's cause that in the morning before this broke, he'd uh, had a, a big article in the paper having an absolute go at Sydney for their cost of living allowance. So um, I, don't, I don't think there was any love lost. Fuel on the fire. All right, so Collingwood, um, perhaps not having the best start to the season, uh, 76. Uh, no, um, no, we're not doing too well at the moment. Uh, we're, we're five and four, and um, uh, it's not just five and four, but, um, you know, when we, when we win, we, we just scrape through, and when we lose, we get, uh, get walked. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, I, th- I think the, Probably the, the the main story this season so far has been um, been our injury woes. Um, we're missing a lot of um, a lot of players that we thought we'd have this season. Um, with you know our best and fairest last year, uh, Dane Beams, you know he um, he pulled out the last minute uh, round one, and uh, we haven't seen him since. Um, there's been a whole bunch of. Industry uh, injuries, so we've lost. Uh, we've obviously lost Tuvi for the season with an ACL. Um, we've lost. If I if I go through the um, go through the new players that we took on at the start of the season, so we traded in a few. We um, we drafted a bunch, and then there was a bunch of um, uh, rookies. So the trades uh, were Young, Russell, and, and Hudson, and. Young has been uh, been out injured. Uh, Russell has been uh, serviceable. We're not like uh, serviceable. And um, yeah, Hudson has, has come in for a few games when Jolly's been uh, injured, and he did well for a, for for a couple and uh, kind of tapered off there. Um, we've got a bit of a problem with Ruckman at Collingwood at the moment. We've really? got a 
couple of a uh, couple of aging ruckmen, and we've got a couple of uh, very new ones, and we kind of need some uh, need some in the middle. Well, as it so happens, Matt, we've got a ruckman you can have. <laughs> <laughs> which, which one are you handing over, the mo- the model botherer or the lamppost? The lamppost. <laughs> we've got a guy who will save you money on football boots because he only uses a pair every five years because he doesn't run anywhere, but he's very handy at the centre bounces, apparently. So He can jump, can he? Well, that's, well no, he's just very tall. And you'll feel very safe walking back to your car. He can't jump. He can't. He can't jump. He can't run. He can't do anything. But and he's injured half the time. But he he can do centre bounce stuff. Apparently, that's that's what my people are telling me. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll pass. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. And we. Um, I mean, look. I think Collingwood did pretty well at the draft. So, um, Draft last year, but um, didn't you draft a four. ruckman there? We did. Wasn't he the, the best thing since sliced bread? And you got a super steal at number eighteen. He's the one, but uh, he would have been if he's not injured. Uh, oh, yeah. He came back last week and played his first game ever in the VFL. So uh, it'll be a while before he's tearing up the AFL. Yeah. It's going take time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we've had one fella, Broomhead, who's. Um, uh, would have shown a lot of promise. He, he got struck down with glandular fever, so we lost him for a while. Uh, he came back last week. Well, he came into the side last week as well, and um, by all accounts, he's, he's, he's done pretty well. Um, Ramsey's been out with, uh, with an injury as well. So the only one of our draftees that we've had available this season has been Kennedy. So Collingwood have been, by and large, relying on their rookie list. Um, we've had, I think, if I count here, five players off the rookie list who... Um, if you include Hudson, who have been um, been playing in the team, um, and there's every chance that that'll be a that'll be a six player with Martin um, expected to uh, to be selected this week. Uh, he had a cracker in the VFL, and he's been he's been doing really well in the in the VFL this season. So you don't you don't see it as a coaching issue, um, your performance issue. Um, look, I think Buckley doesn't really have has very limited resources uh, to work with. Um, oh, my, my tea is for Collingwood and their limited resources. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it must be Cal's before, mate. He's in Moppy's own floor, does he? You know? Wash the jumpers, does he? Oh, that is the funniest outburst in this podcast yet. What? <laughs> Blood chauffeur. Uh, <laughs> the yeah, golden football he's... hurt his foot. <laughs> So it's, 70, 76, what Wookie means is, do you miss Mick? <laughs> uh, do you want him no, back? No, it's the short answer. Um, I mean, look, the um, you know, back in back in 2009, you know, Collingwood um, put forward a, a five-year plan. And, um, you know, that was five years of Nathan Buckley and five years with Mick Malthouse. Mick Malthouse being the senior coach for two years and then Buckley taking over for, for three years. Now that five-year plan will end at the end of end of next year, the end of two thousand and fourteen. And I mean, I think we can already sit down and objectively look at that five-year plan and say it's been a success. We got a premiership out of it. We we got a premiership in the first season. Um, we we obviously came pretty close, um, which is the story of being a Collingwood supporter um, in two thousand eleven, and. I think expectations have been pretty high that um, you know the Buckley would 
well inherited obviously a very successful team and that he would uh, he would build on that success and you know that just hasn't eventuated as you know as you say you know, we're, we're we're tenth on the table and you know some serious questions hanging over the team um yeah so we, we've we've got a perhaps one saving grace is that we've got a, a reasonably good draw coming up in the next three four rounds um so you know hopefully we can make up some ground on uh, on those above us well, good luck with that <laughs> no, I mean, I, you, I, you, you reek of sincerity. Well, you know, as as, as Carlton people, look, the story you're telling though, it's like the, the coach has limited resources. You have a lot of injuries. Ironically, yeah. it's a situation that Carlton found himself in last year. And one of the many things we got from Collingwood supporters all year was, "Oh, poor you with your injuries." <laughs> so uh, I'm a, I'm a little less than sympathetic. And ironically, our solution was to dump our coach and get Mick in. So doesn't. Jamie, seem... do you feel any more sympathy for the Carlton Sooks as the Collingwood Sooks? Oh, it's just washing over me. You know, I love the Carlton people. You know, the way they tried to <laughs> bias John Elliott. Um, oh, oh, it's a, a large reservoir of goodwill there. Living for in me. the past, oh, we even let God, you. Living in what, the past, we even gave can, you a can, can flag in '99. Just on, just on the injury <laughs> situation. That, um, I mean, look, it's, um, you know, we've had we've had five ACLs since Buckley's taken over. Um, well, six six yeah. serious knee injuries. We've had um, last count it was four shoulders. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of you know, a couple of well, there's an ankle there. There's a foot. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff. I think. Um, I mean, look. This stuff happens. Injuries are really bad luck, but you know, I, I think questions do need to be asked. Look, we, it's been black and white, day and night contrasts. Our injury situation um, uh, pre-Buckley, and um, you know, and what it is now under Buckley, and obviously, bad luck is a part of that. You know, just this much bad luck, you know, you really have to, you know, and I, I hope the club is asking questions about, you know, is there something they could be doing to prevent this? You know, are we, you know, is, is the club doing what they can to, you know, manage this injury situation? Um, I'm, I'm not convinced that, you know, this is completely out of the control. So, um, you know, when, when, I, when I blame, you know, the performance this season on the injury situation, I'm not, totally saying that, um, you know, it's out of the club's control. Because I think, you know, perhaps there might be a few things there that, you know, perhaps the club can look at. We don't know. One thing I'd be interested in, 76, is you talk about things that are within the club's control and what's not. And you look at 2009, 2010, Collingwood looked set for a dynasty. And then you had, obviously, the the Buckley-Mick Malthouse handover, which was certainly to the outside, a disaster. I mean, it upset what was a perfectly good arrangement there with Mick. And then you had the Travis Cloak contract saga that, that, that went on and on. And again, to the outsider, and I might be wrong, that seemed to destabilise the club. And then you had Daisy Thomas again and Dane Swan and all these kind of things. It seems like Collingwood almost sabotaged themselves to a certain extent. And what should have been a five-year absolute glory run, you've hamstrung yourselves to a certain extent. Do, do you think there's anything in that? Um, on the, on the coaching situation, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Look, I think I think the the, the, the idea was a good one. Uh, the execution could have been better. Um, 
you know, obviously it wasn't planned for for Mick to walk out after two years. You know, he's he's meant to be you know still around, but um, I think you know perhaps the issues around him leaving could have been you know perhaps sorted out when they were doing the contracts, and uh, Mick could have had better clarity over his you know what his role would have been. Um, in terms of the uh, the Travis Cloak thing, look, I mean, he went on the footy show. He probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. Um, but I, I think a lot of the talk and a lot of the controversy around that was just, you know, people around the club. I don't know. I mean, apart from that appearance on the, the footy show, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how much of that would have affected the club or would have been internal to the club. Um, what, what were the other issues you, you raised? All right, just uh, Daisy Thomas as well. Um, his contract stuff. I mean, that that's a bit over now that he's out for the for the season, which is a real disappointment. But that also seemed to have that that really unsettling effect of you know Daisy went on TV and said, "Well, it's a business now. I've got to think of myself first. And I thought, "Wow, that that's something you don't really hear. It just seems that Collingwood had a lot of things go wrong that might have been a bit more in their control. Yeah, I, th- I think we've. I, I think Thomas was in uh, quite a different situation to, to, to Travis Cloak. Uh, I mean, Cloak had, you know, pedigree. He was playing well. Um, you know, so so obviously there was, you know, quite a lot of negotiation going on there. And he, he, could, he could probably name his price. Um, Daisy's been injured for much of the last 12 months. Um, his performances, you know, haven't been what, what they had been in the past. Um and and he's come out himself and you know can said that, and his aim for the 2013 season was to you know try and regain form so that you know he's he's in some position to negotiate when it comes to the end of the season and hopefully re-sign a contract with um, with Collingwood. Now, I mean that that that's been um, no longer the plan with him with him um, going under surgery and unlikely to be available. You know, at the end of the season, and, and quite likely for the season at all. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think certainly around the boards, you know, people sort of gave him the benefit of the doubt then that you know he he probably wouldn't have been able to, um, you know, ask for much given given his form and, you know, and and I think it was fair of him to spend the 2013 season with the um, contract undecided, decided at the end of the season. He came out very early and said, look. You know, I'm not going to decide this until the end of the year, and this is why I'm going to do it. Made sense to everybody. That's fine. It was very different to the cloak situation. All right. I'm going to just have to... Sorry, mate. Oh, I'm going can to... I just... One, one last little question. All right. Yeah. We're Clinton Young. Uh, yep. I'll take some interest in his in his continuing career. Um, he's been off a while now. He injured himself maybe, was it was about five, six weeks ago? Uh, I mean, look, I've I've lost track of the injuries, but, yeah, it was around then. Is he back in the VFL yet, or is he still recuperating? Uh, he's still recuperating. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, you done? Yeah. Any yes, further Mr. questions? <laughs> 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 yeah. Don't, don't, so don't get fine. smarmy with me, boy. All right. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to move on. Uh, running out of time, I assume, because <laughs> I have no idea how much time we've consumed already. Uh, that'll be some severe editing, I suspect. Guys, your high, uh, things you look forward to for the weekend. Uh, Odeon? Uh, just looking ahead at the games, I'd probably uh, Sydney and Essendon. 
shapes to be an interesting one. I hope uh, hope Sydney belt the living suitcase out of them. <laughs> um, and um, I'm interested to see, I think, uh, Western Bulldogs and Port. Is that... Uh, it's in Darwin. Is that up Darwin, yeah. Um, I'd be very, very interested to see if Western Bulldogs can string a couple together there. Um, so they're the ones I'm probably most looking forward to. How about you, Messenger? Well, I don't think there's a particularly interesting slate of games this week outside Sydney and Essendon. Maybe to see how good Richmond really are this Monday night over in Perth. But um, we, we may have ourselves another father-son coming through at Hawthorne in the next few weeks. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Chris Langford's son is doing very well in the VFL right now and may be promoted from the rookie list. We never can tell. Watch this space. Nice, nice. And uh, Jamie? Uh, ben Cunnington for me. Uh, Jack Zeeble will be out, obviously. Uh, cruelly and unjustly suspended by failed oh. Essendon and Collingwood. <laughs> soft outside midfielder Mark Fraser turned failed umpire turned ruiner Ooh, of the game. The venom. And, um, ben, <laughs> Don't hold ben, back, mate. Sniper. will stand up, and I think he's turning into one of the best midfielders in the game, certainly the best young midfielders, and he'll be well worth watching. Will North get over St Kilda? I pray to God they would do. I, I honestly, it's tough times. You wouldn't want to see another close game get lost, would you? I'd rather get done by five goals than five points. Aren't they due for a draw? Haven't they, been, haven't they lost 4 3 2 I one? will hunt you down if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, 76? What are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, after what's happened today, I'm just looking forward to football, any football. Yep. That's probably a fair call. Uh, for me, I don't know. I really don't know. The VFL. There's not a lot of... The, <laughs> the, there's a lot of mere games this weekend. Adelaide Frio could be a good one on uh, Saturday uh, uh-huh. in Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide up and about now, you know. Who knows? Might be, might be Mark Neal's last game as coach this week too. Oh yeah, uh, against Hawthorne. If they get flogged, he'll be gone by the. He'll be gone by Tuesday. If they get tip. flogged, yeah. I'm giving you the tip. Hey, you never know. You never know. Football's a football's a funny game. I've heard that before. And Gold Coast, uh, Gold Coast took um, took Hawthorne for a merry run. So uh, Melbourne might take a leaf out of their book. Who knows? Well, you'd hope. Look, for Melbourne's sake, I hope they do. I mean, I. I but they were dismal on Sunday. They were absolutely dismal. Not good at professional football. All right, guys. Any any last comments before uh, we sign off? <laughs> no, don't speak all at once. <laughs> all right. Um, I'd just like to apologise and say I was taken out of context and uh, over and over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be on the phone to whoever I may have offended. It it, it, did, it didn't come out of your mouth the way it was in your head. That's exactly <laughs> right. And, uh, I, was, I had my mind on other things and I was tired, but that's no excuse. But my excuse <laughs> is that, that I, I, I'd had a bad day and, and things were hard. And, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be going into reconciliation with whichever supporters are, hate me this week. Right. Immediately <laughs> after this, we'll be, uh, we'll be doing a special on Footy Media with uh, Jamie Johnson. So if you want to stick around for that, you can. In the meantime, thank you very much to all of our participants this evening. Thank you, Messenger. Good night. Thank you, ODN. Bye. <laughs> that sounded like Messenger again to me. 
<laughs> and uh, thank you very much to our panel, our guest panelists for this evening, uh, Jamie Johnston. Thank you. And a very special thank you to 76 Wooden Spooners who joined us in the second half. Cheers. Thanks, fellas. And, Thanks. And thank you for me, and we'll see you on the forums. <laughs>